G'day. I'm Jelly, a.k.a. Daniel Farrelly. I'm Alice Zhao. And I'm Curtis Herbert. And this is Independence, a show about being in control of your own destiny, which is basically a fancy way of saying that you have no one else to blame when you're careening down a rocky hill to your doom or, you know, <laughs> up into the sky on a plane. I don't know. How does it- this one's getting away from you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you lost me and I'm, I'm part of this. Look, today I wanted to talk a little bit about being in control of your own destiny, which is about what independence is about, but more so kind of the flip side of that, because as indies and as people who are like dealing with things that are outside of our you know realm of control, like we have no control over what Apple does, we don't have control over like our users and things that happen that we need to actually meet. We don't have control over our competitors and et cetera. So like being independent is being about controlling your own destiny, but sometimes there are situations where like, it's like driving a car. You're in control of your car unless it's like really raining. And then like, you've got to be careful because you know, there are things that can go wrong more so than normal. And that's kind of what I wanted to touch on today, mostly because I personally am going <laughs> through something that's similar to like something that kind of in that vein where like I'm getting a lot of rejections from Apple and it's driving me up the wall in a car and uh, so I wanted to kind of talk to the two of you about times that you've lost control and found that you've needed to recover so let me actually put that into a question by saying (laughs) like what situations have the two of you been in where despite everything, you've lost control and found yourself like needing to recover from that. I've probably alluded to this or referenced it in previous episodes, um, but probably never explicitly explained. But last October, Apple decided to roll out its new guidelines quietly. And when we submitted an update, um, we didn't realize that we were now violating their new guideline 4.3 which is we were now considered design spam which means that every app we create is looks exactly the same with the exception that it of the language right because you have your gus on the go is a number of apps that are all basically the same with just yeah. like you know you're learning spanish or french right or- and there's a Spanish flag and a country map and so essentially the, all the mechanics are the same yep. which makes sense because <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't do it drastically different for different languages so I can understand that this rule was tr- they were trying to kill off apps that were just copies of each other um, and trying to pass them off as different apps but this I feel like with language apps it, it's felt super legitimate and suddenly we were violating this new rule and rejected and they were giving us two months to put in a final update and anything new that comes in or any any new content has to be rolled into one single app experience so that day i think i cried a bit (laughs) we've all been there yeah (laughs) so that's fun um not fun at all (laughs) uh but we since then we had to recover what was interesting was that we found out right before release notes happened and we decided to reach out to charles and joe and say can we are not i know we are not the only ones going through this um there was also a lot of people hit with the other guideline that um targets white labeled apps and so 
we asked if we could put together a little group <laughs> before the conference to kind of just commiserate and just talk through different ideas and solutions. Because at the end of the day, we have to abide by these guidelines in order to survive. Mm. It didn't seem worth fighting, at least from an indie standpoint. And so at the very least, we got to let our feelings out and cry a little bit and sing Kumbaya a little bit. and <laughs> um, But get our therapy session out because it was... I think it was very much needed. Everyone was going through a similar situation and feeling just as lost. And so after that, we were like, you know what? Okay, we, we've got to just come up with a solution and how to move forward. So it's been um, five, six months since. And we've released our final apps. And now we've, we're able to move on and figure out what that single app experience is going to look like. Yeah, so I've had, I don't think any rejections that were world-ending. They certainly came at the most inopportune times. Like I was trying to ship my big watchOS update and I had to get some bug fixes before that came out. And all of a sudden they metadata rejected me because they added new wording to the re review guidelines that whenever you have a subscription, you have to include all this boilerplate text. It's like a paragraph worth of text right next to the purchase button. And that was new. You know, I'd been on subscription stuff in iOS since we were allowed to use them. And they, you know, after two years of approving me, just suddenly decided to enforce this. And, you know, it was harmless enough. It took me two days to figure out how to redesign the UI and do all that kind of stuff. So it certainly wasn't world ending, but it certainly was frustrating and felt like I was kind of out of control of the situation. You know, I was burning all nail cylinders trying to get this beautiful watch OS update out that I knew Apple would love. And at the same time, I'm trying to bug fix. And it's just like, I don't have time for this. I'm I'm doing, trying to do these great things that you will love on your platform. And I'm getting nitpicked on some stuff. But I guess really like the biggest one feeling out of control for me was that watchOS update. So uh, when the Series 3 watch was announced, uh, they kind of just dropped on the stage like, hey, and we're working on this great SDK for skiers and snowboarders uh, and for developers to work around that. At which point, of course, I'm just like, wait, what? What are you doing here? Are are you deprecating slopes? What's going yeah. on here? Yeah. So that took until November to finally get the SDK and see what it was. But as soon as I saw it, I could tell like they were going to make a play for ski and snowboard watch apps, like not directly through the activity app or the workout app, like because they didn't ever integrate there. So it was clear like they were expecting third party devs to really move with this. So I I, I kind of knew this season there would be a lot of competition. So where I originally intended to spend a lot of this season on backend stuff, uh, more that, you know, software as a service type to learn things like having good marketing emails and onboarding and stuff. I had to drop all that and work on this watchOS update because I knew, you know, Apple was going to be focusing on that for this season. It was clear if they announced an SDK in November that it's focused on this season and that there would be the potential that I would be left behind when other apps were adopting it. If I didn't adopt it. It, it, you could read the tea leaves and see they were going to do something here. So I had to drop everything from, you know, mid-November on and work on this. And it was grueling and it was a lot of work to get it done. It certainly paid off in the end, but it, it really threw my entire season off. And I felt completely out of control in that regard. And, you know, now a lot of that stuff that I wanted to do, I had to defer to this summer and to next winter and stuff like that. And again, I, it, it worked out for the better, but... I definitely felt a complete lack of control this season, and that was kind of unnerving. That's not something that usually happens with slopes. Um, I'm usually able to control it pretty well. So, yeah, that I guess that was my most catastrophic one. They don't always have to be world-ending, though, right, Jelly? Like, they, they can be these small ones that set us back a day or two, too, but those add up. Oh, yeah. I, I think, like, thinking back to some of the ones that I've had, like, 
uh, you know, and I've had I've had situations where I'm like dealing with, you know, bugs that do feel like they're world ending, or like you know the current spate of rejections that I'm having whilst dealing with changes to my business model. Like they feel like they're world ending, but I've had ones where like iOS 10, 10 I think was where they shipped messages apps for the first time, and that's not huge. Like that's like as far like as far as what I actually ended up doing was not that huge, but it was. It was one of those situations where I was like, I ha- I have to. If I don't do something here, I'm done. Like nobody will, nobody will stick with me for, through this. And it's that little bit of like my hand is now forced in 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 ways. Yeah. But I think sometimes even the little ones, even the the small ones, can feel like they they are world ending personally, right? Because. Our products, our creations are a part of us. They're an extension of ourselves in a way, more so than when like it's like a bit regular business or whatever. Because a lot of the time, like we are the ones like we're the only people working on it. Like, you know, us, uh and you know, our maybe maybe one or one other person in Alice's case. Like, you know, that that either way, like it's it's something that you've kind of like you've created and built and honed and it's your own thing. It's like it, it's your own thing and you're proud of it. Yeah. And to lose control can kind of hit you where it hurts, even if it's this tiny little thing. So, like, how the, the situations that you've had, and uh, Alice, especially you, especially because this is like obviously you, you had feelings as you uh, as you alluded to <laughs> tears. I never have feelings. Whereas Curtis, Curtis doesn't robot. have feelings. <laughs> if I was a robot. I'd be better at all this math I have to do. <laughs> how, how did these situations affect you personally? Like, how did they affect your your emotional state? We were we were at a spot where we kind of were feeling burnt out, and so this was kind of our opportunity just to take a break and maybe work on like a fun small idea before jumping back into it. Yeah, and that felt completely derailed. I'm like, no, I was so burned out. I really <laughs> needed, you know, some time to recover. And instead, we were just fighting this giant fire. And we, there was also a time limit, right? Like we were originally told two months, which sounds like a lot, but there's there were also 30 apps for us to take care of. So whatever we did for one, we have to replicate it. And yeah. it's just time consuming. I mean, obviously, yeah. for Yano, <laughs> more than me, but still like it's draining and it stopped us from moving on. And I think that's why it hit us as hard as it did. Had it been on any other time, perhaps we would have been like, okay, well, we're just going to pivot and you know change directions just a bit but it just felt that much worse because we were just ready for a break my minor ones usually are a quick emotional burst of like 10 minutes of like really really this is happening (laughs) really apple you want to do this do you really want to go there but then i quickly progressed to just like well this is how it is let's move on pretty quickly yeah but the the watch one i don't know i don't think it personally hit me that hard because it's something i had been wanting to do i just didn't think it would be this season and i knew the product that came out of it would be an amazing product you know slopes on apple watch was always kind of one of the best in class watch apps and that was using essentially WatchKit one stuff and i knew that moving to WatchKit three stuff and having it all run on the watch was going to be an amazing experience that my users would love I guess the only thing I was kind of annoyed about was the fact that it was going to be coming out later in the season instead of launching with the mm-hmm. season, which is why I had planned to launch it the following November. Yeah. So it was kind of pulling, showing cards early at a time when it was peak season, which was good. So it'd be easy to get some press probably, but 
users would only be able to use it for about a month before the season was over. So it wasn't ideal, but I don't think it had a large emotional effect on me. Um, definitely a logical effect. Was there an initial sense of panic, though? Not panic, more dread. Yeah. Because yeah. I knew what was going to be involved. Like, I had been slowly working and refactoring my code so I could eventually port it to watchOS. And I had done that for a lot of the core behind-the-scenes logic, but I knew all the UI, you know, getting all that to work and hooked up. Yeah, there's so much work behind that. Yeah, I mean, just even having done that refactor last year, mm. the amount of work that went into the Watch app this year was, you know, two solid months of work. So it was more, I guess, dread mm. when I kind of realized I had to do this. Um, excitement mixed with dread, I guess, would be the most accurate. Yeah, I I, I definitely have felt felt that, like kind of you know the dread of oh god so much things that i have to do and like uncovering all of the extra things that i hadn't actually considered when i was for, like first going through this the the messages app that i that i shipped with I- ios 10 had a similar level of like oh there's so much work i have to do to the, do f- to make this work and then on top of that was like oh there's like all this extra stuff that i hadn't like that i once i actually got started on the code it was a bigger job Mm. than i expected which Mm. makes it even worse (laughs) and it's just like some of these things they they feel like uh if if you were in any other situation it would be a lot easier because you wouldn't have to like do all these things you could kind of pass them pass off some of this some of this feeling some of the dread some of the panic some of the horrifying stuff you know the the emotional stuff but it like and the work as well it can be a bit rough yeah i know going through the the rejections that i've been going through lately like my initial i've gone through like a roller coaster of emotion with this stuff because at first i was like oh this is annoying right like yeah i just got a, i got a rejection mm-hmm. oh this is annoying and then by the time i got my second rejection it was like now i'm starting to like be concerned and then there's been a, like a big long stretch of time between the second and the third one. And during that time, I kind of went from being like, oh, I'm concerned to being like, I just don't really care anymore. I just want this out. <laughs> just get it in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like, that's a pretty minor, like, that's a pretty minor little roller coaster. But like, they can, they can be like, they can wave it quite excessively. Yeah. Well, at least fortunately, you're in a good spot where you are, from what I understand, your update is one that you want to get out. It certainly affects your business plan, mm. um, but you don't have any kind of timed event that you had to launch in time by. Yeah, You don't have true. major bug fixes waiting in this release. Like, I am very lucky in that regard. As far as rejections go, this is probably your best case scenario <laughs> yeah. to get like actually hard rejections. Mm. So I have to assume that that probably helps at least a little bit emotionally to get you to the point where you can just be like, I don't care. I just want to get this out versus knowing that you're getting, you know, dozens of angry emails a day or something like that. We're just not earning any money. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I've talked about how I've gone through situations like, like even more emotional experiences before there was, you know, the, I've mentioned the bug that I shipped where I was deleting user data on a past episode. And that one just sent me into a spiral of, because every time I would look at like an email that I would get from a, a, a customer, I I just couldn't handle it, and re- writing a response to that made it worse somehow. Yeah. Even when that response was like, "I've fixed the problem," I'm just waiting to get that like to get it out. That still made it worse, and that started sending me down a horrifying slope into hurt uh, slopes. Nah. Copyright. <laughs> 
down into you know a, a level of depression that I don't think I'd ever experienced mm. in my life before because this was something that I like. I mean, it. I was deleting user data, and that that like killed me. Yeah. Every time that I was I was seeing that happen. Yeah, that's you versus all of your users. Well, okay, not all, but um, <laughs> as opposed to you versus just being pissed off at apple <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i've definitely had i've definitely had m- many of the different emotional experiences as far as uh as far as these kind of losing control ex- things go but it's easier to look back on it now like i i'm able to talk about this stuff now because i've i've effectively recovered like i know yeah i've i've fixed bugs i've shipped the thing i've gotten the work done and now like and eventually like eventually every, everything ends at some point which is good you know yeah, yeah. In, in these in these particular cases so what are the sort what are the sorts of things that the two of you did to recover from the experiences where you've where you lost control both i guess emotionally and also to like you know resolve the problem in the end i mean so like i mentioned we just happened to be rejected one week before release notes so having that you know the meeting between us and several other people going through the same thing like that was really cathartic to just talk about it versus mm. just the two of us going i don't know what do we do and <laughs> i'm trying to figure it out from there um so airing it out kind of is just a good way to <laughs> kind of get through the first couple of phases of grief <laughs> well and assume it helped too like attending release yeah. notes you had a bunch yes, of other independent yeah business savvy people there they right not only just airing grievances but you could actually get feedback to exactly, be like hey exactly. how would you move forward or yeah. stuff like that yeah it almost couldn't have been timed any better between the rejection yeah. and release thanks notes. apple <laughs> and thank you release <laughs> notes. <laughs> no it was i mean for us that was the best way it could have gone but then we were also able to step back and be like okay well yes we have to abide by these guidelines but what do we want right like what do we want as a business and what does that change for us and is that what we want in the end and every time something like this happens i feel like we're always thinking oh the first thing we need to do is just get off the app store (laughs) that's that's the decision i'll be making for the, (laughs) the long term but but until that happens, we still have to do what Apple says. <laughs> so the two that I listed, you know, the various rejections and then pivoting to do watch sooner. I don't think there was much I really did to recover per se. I will say one thing that definitely helped being distracted with the watch OS stuff was my moving to just kind of shipping features as they come out. It was kind of beneficial there because I had a little bit of downtime here and there for the watch stuff as it was being tested. And, you know, I needed a couple of days for my beta testers to use it and give me good feedback that let me focus on shipping some smaller features kind of in in the middle of all that. So like I shipped the reminders feature I'd been wanting to add for a long time uh, in the middle of all that because I had kind of committed to like, I don't need these big splash releases. I'm just going to keep shipping as much as I can. So I, I yeah. guess that pre-decision i made kind of helped me recover not feel like i spent two months doing nothing Uh, as far as users could see i was still shipping which helped yeah but i think you know to the thing that the last episode was about me shipping a bug in that watch os update one thing that i did to recover there was you know listen to jelly and his advice of taking some step back from customer support because i was spiraling the same way that you were jelly where you know it it was a rare case it was like one in five thousand or something but people would lose data and that was killing me Mm. but taking a couple days off definitely kind of helped uh so it wasn't every single morning feeling like a failure it was just every third morning feeling like a failure (laughs) it it, it helps more than it it sounds (laughs) only 30 percent of the time 33 percent of the time (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I think sometimes that is one of the things that you have to do is take a step back from this stuff. Like, that kind of works both in the sense that you're talking about, Curtis, with, like, you know, taking a step back from, like, the, the emails that you're getting and not responding immediately. That, that Like, that can be good. But it also, like, when something happens, when a new release comes out, you know, from Apple, Apple announce a new feature or whatever, when you get a rejection based on something like, you know, the the business model stuff that I have or like the the one that I got, you know, back in GIFRAP's early, early days, um, which was mentioned on uh, a couple episodes ago where like I didn't ship enough and I had to like add more features. Yeah. You know, that can be the sort of thing where like it's like, ah, oh, you know, I've you've you got suddenly got this thing and you've got to deal with it. And probably the thing that I, I should have done at that point with, with that, you know, initial shipping thing was like, stop. Just stop. Just think mm. about it. Just, you know, just yeah. take a second. And like that that I think clearly that worked with, with you, Alice, as well, with mm. like rather than like just kind of like diving in and trying to like trying to like fix things. Um, you know, taking a step back, hearing your grievances, um, <laughs> and trying like thinking through things and like and spending some time, like just spending some time that sometimes can help a lot. And it's one of the things that it's so anti-logical. Illogical is the word <laughs> I'm looking for. It's so <laughs> illogical. It goes against everything that you think of because, like, it's like, oh, you know, I've got a time limit, therefore I must just, I, I must yeah. jump in yeah. and do it. Um, but no, that's and, when you'll make the most mistakes yeah. if you do that. Yeah. And what's funny is like at the end of the three day conference, we suddenly started having all these like new interesting ideas on moving forward, not necessarily to fix the final update, but like we were like, oh, what if we tried this for like the brand new app? And like it was, it was those moments that were like, it's kind of like what made, makes the partnership. We're like, clicking and we're like mm. saying we're almost like coming with the same ideas at the same time like it was mm. like we we basically complained for three days straight to everyone and anyone <laughs> that would listen and then we finally like move forward in terms of okay i think we got something going here well yeah because your brain has to be able to process that for lack of a better term trauma <laughs> it has to process that and work through yeah. that before your brain's going to be able to move on and be productive yeah yeah so I think you know we've we've each of us have gone through various different types of like you know losing control and what are the things that you learned about yourself and about your product that you wouldn't have learned unless you went through this experience like cuz sometimes sometimes bad experiences can lead to like learning about yourself so what are things that you learned about how you work, what you like, what you do that you can take into the future as you experience these things over and over again. <laughs> I, I think for me, it was definitely the being as flexible as possible. Yeah. Because review guidelines are going to change. Mm -hmm. WWDC is going to throw you new SDKs. And this isn't even just Apple. I mean, you're going to get surprises from competitors if you're on the web. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's stuff coming from everywhere. Yep. So. I think for me, my more flexible model of how I ship versions nowadays, if anything, this kind of surprise watchOS pivot kind of proved that it was a right decision for me yep. to not focus on three major releases this winter. I'm planning on shipping version 2018.9, and we are recording in mid-April. And that's nine releases, some of which have been pretty big, but of some of them I would have in the past combined into one big release. So just consistently getting stuff out there has kind of proven a good work model for me and let me be flexible when these 
you know, rejections come out. Okay, I spend an extra day on them. And instead of shipping, you know, seven days after the last update, I ship eight days after the last update. It doesn't feel like it's been forever. So that's made some of those rejections a lot easier because it's it doesn't feel like as much of a delay when you're shipping every week or every other week. So for me, that's certainly something not so much learned about my business, but how I want to do my business that's worked out pretty well for me. For Gus on the go, and I think I've mentioned this before, I don't want to credit Apple for pushing us in this direction, but I think this is the direction we wanted to be in in the future. Apple is just like, no, you got to do it now. Well, it's like with my watchOS stuff. Yeah, like yeah. They kind of force your hand early in a nice way that ends <laughs> sure. up being better for the customers anyway. <laughs> Causing you grief it, in the yeah, meantime. Yeah, they, they force your hand in a way. Yeah. And so it forced us to also just think about the long term as well. I mean, it's easy to be like, okay, I'll think about that big picture later when we get through this next phase. But they're like, no, it was sure. t- it was time to think about it now as we move forward. So I think this was this specific experience just taught us a lot about like what it is that we want because we I think it's easy to just delay answering that Mm -hmm. question but I think the biggest thing is just learning to take a step back and if you have the luxury of time to just give yourself a break before you answer the questions the hard questions yeah I I think the thing that I've learned is the thing that really led to this episode in the first place is and the kind of the direction that I took it and I've mentioned you know before in this episode as indies, our product is a part of us. It is it is an extension of ourselves, if only because it's something that we created and we've we've cared for and nurtured and all that sort of stuff. You know, both Curtis and I have referred to our apps as our children in the past, and uh, you know, while neither of us actually have children, you know, it it feels it. I, I feel like it does feel that way. You know, the things that we create are the things that we've, like, you know, they're, they're, they're a part of us. They're an extension of us. They're an uh, expression of who we are in a way. And that's not always a good thing, as has been shown, because once you have that sort of really close relationship with the thing that you've created, it's hard to see it from other people's perspectives, mm-hmm. which is what leads to senses of losing control and stuff like that. Because suddenly, you know, you know, things like ha- happen like Apple sees it a different way, or a customer sees it a different way, and they want, you know, they they you have to figure out how to respond to that sort of uh, experience. So the thing that I've kind of I've kind of learned over the years is to kind of step back from that. Not always, but sometimes, and especially in times where I have, like, I've sensed that I've lost it. Like, I've my hands are no longer on the wheel somehow, and I need to, like, I need to figure things out. Sometimes the best thing that I've done is not do anything. Not forever, but just, you know, that initial, like, oh, shit moment yeah. or beep moment <laughs> yeah. and allow myself to recover from that before moving forward so that I can yeah. make good decisions and make the yeah. correct like figure out the correct path that has been time and time again I I've, I, I think I've had that beaten into me I'm uh, like you know I have to learn the lesson a few times before it actually takes I think you'll get there <laughs> maybe this time will be the final time <laughs> maybe this time maybe this time if you would like to, uh, if you'd like to send us an email and throw a wrench in our in our in the works uh, of our podcast, I if guess. If you would like to reject Jelly's app via email, <laughs> please do so at. Oh, poor Jelly! <laughs> you can do so via our website or via email. Our website is independence.fm, and the 
email is hello at independence.fm. You can also jump on the Twitter to send short bursts of text our way, if that's a thing that you like to do, where you can find me as Jelly Bean Soup. I'm Eat a Duck I Must. And I'm Parrot, the plural of the bird. Thank you, everybody, for listening uh, to our complaining session slash airing grievances, etc. We look forward to talking to you again in two more weeks' time, and until then, goodbye. <laughs>